0: Okay, so let's get the mood going here. Imagine it. The coffee machine is bubbling and gurgling away in the corner. A fire is crackling in the hearth. The smell of old leather, aged paper, and the subtle sweetness of vanilla is in the air. And you're gathered with some of your closest book friends to talk about your latest find. I'm Ray, and welcome to this, the first episode of Not Before Coffee, the Bookshop, where I talk about my most recent reads and possibly encourage you to pick up a copy. So this week I am going to be talking about a book I very briefly mentioned in the last episode of season one. Yes, I am going to be talking about Lee Bardugo's 2015 novel Six of Crows. I feel I really should be very honest about the fact that I have not and probably will not read the original Grisha trilogy that starts with Shadow and Bone. And my reason for that remains I am not actually hugely keen on the central characters Alina and Mal. And this is something I did touch upon in my summary of the Netflix series. Something else that I did mention when talking about the TV adaptation of Shadow and Bone was the story of Nina and Matthias making little sense and how much I absolutely loved Inez, Jesper and Kaz. The fact that I loved these characters went some way in influencing my decision to read this book, but the decision was also aided by an article I read by Petrana Radulovic over on Polygon where it was suggested I read the books in a more intuitive order which meant picking up Six of Crows first. If you're interested in the article, I will link it below so you can have a read yourself. I'll admit, I was intrigued. Sure, I'd already put Shadow and Bone in my shopping basket over on Amazon. It's still there, in fact, just not purchased. Given that my favourite characters are the Crows, it's fairly understandable that I would want to read more about them and their antics, so that's... Pretty much what I did. Following Radulovich's advice, I paid for Six of Crows, downloaded it to my Kindle, and started the read. Ketterdam, a bustling hub of international trade where anything can be had for the right price. And no one knows that better than criminal prodigy Kaz Brekker. Kaz is offered a chance at a deadly heist that could make him rich beyond his wildest dreams, but he can't pull it off alone. A convict with a thirst for revenge, a sharpshooter who can't walk away from a wager, a runaway with a privileged past, a spy known as the Wraith, a heartrender using her magic to survive the slums, a thief with a gift for unlikely escapes. Kaz's crew is the only thing that might stand between the world and destruction, if they don't kill each other first. As I have already mentioned, there was an arc within the TV show itself that I struggled to understand and it honestly felt as though it had been shoehorned in in order to show us more about the world that Bardugo had created. And I still believe that her world-creating abilities are incredible. Six of Crows gave me insight into this particular story arc, the one of Nina, the Heartrender and Matthias, Finally, I had context, which is so good. You need context. I understood exactly how they got to where they were and why they were there. Of course, the fact that it made little to no sense in Shadow and Bone is also made very obvious. They weren't meant to be there, and they were absolutely 100% unnecessary when it came to Alina and Mal's storyline. One thing that struck me from the very start was how young the characters were. When watching a TV show, if the characters are young, you can see it. In the books, the main characters are incredibly young, 16, perhaps 17 years of age, but they have a wealth of experience in the darkest and dankest parts of society. It's somewhat similar to the world you imagine Victorian England would have been, and kind of was if you read anything by Dickens. The world that Bardugo has created, yes I will probably mention this again, is dark and gritty and the fact that the characters she created were portrayed as so young feels intentional. As though what they have been through is that much more shocking because their lives have been so full of pain, disappointment and betrayal and they are so young. However, as a reader, I can't help but think that even if the characters had been older, it would have still had that same level of darkness and had the same amount of impact on the audience. Having watched Shadow and Bone, I wasn't quite sure what to expect when it came to the reading of Six of Crows, though I already knew that I liked the central characters of the story. One thing that immediately struck me when reading the book was the closeness of their friendships. Of course, they understandably irritated each other, and there were moments when they distrusted and disliked the decisions that were being made, but there was no doubt in my mind that ultimately they were friends. In the book, they went through hell and back for each other, and though there were times when it looked as though everything was gonna fall apart, they managed somehow to pull it back together. As I have already established, I am not going to spoil the book. I am going to go into the plot in what I am going to refer to as the nutshell moment. So, in a nutshell, here's the plot. Kaz Brecker is a thief, a plotter, a planner, and he is determined that he is going to carry out a job for a wealthy industrialist, stealing a drug manufacturer who can make a very rare drug that has a very addictive and powerful effect on Grisha. This drug maker just happens to be imprisoned in a location that is pretty much impenetrable, guarded by people who have trained since birth to fight and kill. Kaz may have disabilities, but he is also incredibly persuasive and he has earned the loyalty of a very adept spy, Inej, a gunslinger, Jesper, and a heart render, Nina. And with the help of an ex-prisoner called Matthias, who once upon a time lived in this fortress, and the son of their employer, Wylan, they are going to give this complicated heist their all. The story leads us through multiple locations from the dark oppressiveness of Ketterdam to the icy coldness of Fjorda, the location where the dramatically named Ice Court is located. Their mission is peppered with danger and betrayal, but Kaz is good at his job and the people who are closest to him know that they have their roles. Occasionally lines get blurred, but one of the things I honestly believe makes their bond stronger is the fact that they acknowledge each other's weaknesses and adapt to the situations they're placed in. I try really hard when it comes to ensemble casts not to have favourites, especially when it comes to books. Of course, when it comes to TV shows, I gave up the whole no favourites concept long ago, as you will discover if you listen to the main podcast. But I sort of failed with this one. I really did. I tried incredibly hard, honestly. Kaz, for all his faults, and believe me, there is a long list of them, was the standout completely and absolutely this book gave so much insight into his character that you could be forgiven for thinking that Six of Crows is meant to be solely about him and everyone else in the story is merely a foil for his biography. Despite the fact that he is, I can't admit, a pretty awful person to many, he's ruthless to the point that other people do get hurt and he seems to feel nothing he's bloody-minded. Sure, stubbornness can be a positive thing, especially when you're standing up for yourself, but in the same way that he's ruthless, this stubbornness ends up getting others hurt. He's out for vengeance, yes, he was done badly, and he lost his only family because of it, but this has blinded him to pretty much everything else. He's closed off, Okay, this one is a little harder to justify. He's definitely closed off and emotionless to a point. But seeing the way that he reacts when certain things occur, which I will get into in a bit, I honestly believe that this is more out of necessity than desire. Especially when we delve deeper into his character and find out that he actually is human and has allowed himself to develop emotions, albeit reluctantly. I will always maintain that while I do love a great number of TV and film adaptations, the book will pretty much always win out, and Six of Crows is a perfect example of where this holds incredibly true. Netflix was very upfront when it was acknowledged that they had melded elements of Six of Crows into the core plot of Shadow and Bone. In fact, if you, like me, had never picked up the books, it's easy to assume that the two separate storylines that were melted together in the series were included in the original Grisha trilogy of Shadow and Bone, Siege and Storm, Ruin and Rising. However, it turns out that though the trio of Kaz, Inej and Jesper played rather large roles in the series, they weren't actually in the books, at least to the same degree. What we got on TV is some mashup of the storylines for Shadow and Bone and Six of Crows, adapted in order that they work together. Part of me, honestly, I, I think that it's great they introduced the two different sets of characters and gave them important roles to play. But the book Six of Crows had so much more to offer and gave us an incredible amount of background that would have been really useful to have had before watching the Netflix series. In fact, I think that when I reviewed it, I said that it seemed like something was missing. Well, enough of the show, let's get back to the book. We are given so much insight into the different characters who make up the key roles in the book, what drives them, what led them to their current positions. And for me, that's what makes a good book. A protagonist without purpose isn't a protagonist. A villain without backstory is an empty shell. With Six of Crows, we are shown who these people are, what their motivation is, and most importantly, that while they are doing this mission for the money, which, to be fair, is a lot of money, it's for what the money can get them. Revenge, freedom, safety... Though this book is by no means a romance, there are romantic elements in it that actually enhance the story. And this isn't always the case with YA. I am probably one of the few that honestly believes the romance between Peter and Katniss in the Hunger Games trilogy detracts from the story itself. I could spend a while talking about the Romeo and Juliet aspects of the romance between the Grisha heartrender Nina and the Druskel hunter Matthias, But this being an honest review, I didn't care about either of them. I felt a little pity at times, and perhaps some anxiety when the whole group arrived at the ice court. But it was minute in comparison to the feelings I had for Inej and Kaz. There were so many moments in the book where I wondered if they would get it together, if he would pull his head out of his rear end and admit that he cared for her. But In a way, the fact that a lot of his feelings were never voiced, at least not to her, made it that much more oddly romantic. Kaz is concerned for Inez's safety. He is protective of her. He knows that she wants her freedom, and they are on a very similar wavelength, despite the fact that he remains so closed off to most people most of the time. Despite the fact that he is injured when they suffer a setback on their mission, His first thoughts are of her. He risks himself to save her, and his thoughts are absolutely consumed by her. But he won't allow himself the luxury of admitting that there is more between them than dependence, because to do so will make him vulnerable. In fact, a lot of his inner monologue is Inez. as though, despite refusing to acknowledge it to anyone else, he cannot avoid the fact that he is absolutely consumed by her there are so many moments when he almost shows his hand such as when they are enacting their plan in the ice court they dragged Kaz out of the shaft he flopped onto his back gulping air where's an and then there's the way he thinks about her right at the end of the book I'm going to get my money Kaz vowed and then I'm going to get my girl I've already established that I am not going to go too in-depth into the story itself because this is one I honestly think should be read. However, I am going to leave you with this little nugget. If you're expecting closure at the end of the book, get the sequel Crooked Kingdom lined up because you're in for a bumpy ride. I have read a fair few clunkers in my day and disappointingly many of them have been YA novels that market themselves as appealing to a multi-generational audience. Though age in this is mentioned a fair few times, I actually was able to ignore it for the most part, as it felt as though it was irrelevant to the story as a whole, which automatically opens it up to a wider audience, at least in my view. And this is what I actually really liked about Bardugo's writing when it came to Six of Crows. So, it's the time for questions. (laughs) Did I enjoy it? Yes, I actually have the sequel lined up to read. I have yet to fall to temptation to continue the Crow's adventures, though it has been tough resisting it while I read other novels. The world building was clever, the characters were intriguing, and they all got equal billing. There was no standout who was clearly the lead that you were meant to adore, though... I can admit I do adore Kaz Brecker. Will I read it again? Probably not. There is only one YA novel that I can honestly say I reread with any regularity, and it's partially because it introduced me to the world of supernatural novels. That being said, I am going to read the sequel, and I would happily read other books involving these particular characters. So, there it is. Lee Bardugo's Six of Crows. If you love YA novels that are more focused on the characters and the world than romance, I would say that this one is definitely for you. The last cup has gone in the dishwasher, the closed sign has been turned round, so it's time to end this, the first episode of The Bookshop. I hope you enjoyed it and will come back again for more. If you like what you hear, why not share it with your friends and family and please post a review on Podchaser. i love reading what you have to say you can follow me on twitter at need underscore three underscore mugs or over on instagram at not before coffee podcast i have to go and pick another book from the shelf for next week and settle down with yet another cup of coffee until next time this is me saying farewell